Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Garoppolo, thrown down! Brian Burns gets there. Spider-Man. What a pass rush by Burns. See how quickly he got to the edge and got This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into another brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart. Uh, Sports Illustrated beat writer Skylar Callahan will be with us shortly, right before we were supposed to go on the air. Uh, As you know, Skylar is also the beat writer for Sports Illustrated for the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets, if you have not heard, just traded Terry Rozier like 10 minutes ago to Miami. So he's in the middle of dealing with that. He'll pop in here in just a bit. Um, a loaded show for you today, of course. The biggest news in uh, Panthers news uh, is the promotion of assistant general manager Dan Morgan up to the general manager role. And uh, the man. And the man. We got our thoughts on that. Uh, of course, the NFL playoffs in full effect. The divisional round from last week, what we saw, some surprises, if any at all. And we'll set the plate for this week for the NFC and AFC championship games. Stu, I think we got some good ones uh, coming up here on Sunday. So we'll get into all that as well. Uh, what's up, brother? How you doing? Man, I'm fantastic. You know, this uh, this past weekend, it was it was everything any football fan could ask for as far as the games. Um, if you're a Detroit Lion fan, or if you live in Detroit, born in Detroit, I mean, <laughs> you right now living on on a cloud right now. <laughs> hey, the first time they've been in the conference championship since 1957, I think is what I saw. So. Yeah, it's been a minute. Like we've been a couple of times since the Detroit Lions have gone. So it's uh they're living it up, but they gotta go out west. They gotta go see San Francisco. Um and San Francisco kind of showed I don't know if it was San Francisco or if it was the the, the Packers, but the I kind of came out of that game not feeling like the 49ers were as in you know as great of a team as we had kind of hyped them up to be. Uh yeah, but some, of that, some of that's Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think a lot of it is Green Bay. Um, Green Bay, you know, the next 10 years, you know, with uh, Jordan Love, um, he's he's going to be, you know, something special. He's already kind of proven that this year under the radar. Um, people are afraid, afraid to, you know, give him a crown because Aaron Rodgers, um, maybe it's too soon and, you know, all that talk, but. He's a he's a really good player. Um, the way his receivers, um, you know, get open for him, you know, the uh, just the whole scheme and the offense just seems like it fits right now. So hopefully they build on top of that this offseason, um, you know, continue to build up the offensive line because yeah. the running game, obviously, too, with the play action. I mean, you can be real dangerous down the road. And they're young too. They're the youngest team in the whole league. So uh, mm-hmm. I think I just saw the Packers are prepared to make Jordan Love one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. Um, so it's on time. Like he decided to flip the switch. This was the time. <laughs> so uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see if Jordan Love breaks uh, three hundred million. Has somebody broke three hundred million yet? Yeah, uh, I don't Mahomes, know. Mahomes had four fifty or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick getting paid by uh, Allstate or what is it? State Farm. Yeah, well, State, State Farm paying that man about 200, 200 million probably. Yo, and Travis Kelsey is in 15 commercials right now. Like literally, like every time, oh, yeah. every time it goes yeah. to break, I'm going to see Travis Kelsey selling something. Soup. Mahomes and my auto. Mahomes and my auto. Come on, my auto. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Before we uh before we dip into the Dan Morgan talk, and I'm already seeing some uh some comments pop in uh from Panther Faithful. A little unsure about the hire. We're gonna get you right. We're gonna get you right before this episode's over with. Uh, a word from our sponsors over at Bet Online. With NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information online. Head there today to get into the action to see all the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code Believe B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts and where we'll start is by introducing our man Skylar Callahan uh to the crew coming in hot off of a uh 
uh, trade uh, basically just went down in the NBA. Uh, I've been kind of hoping for it. I actually do a little bit of work for those guys over at All Hornets SI, and I know the talk had been going on, but I didn't know if they were going to pull the trigger. Skyler, uh, Terry Rozier to the Hornets? I mean, to the uh, to the Heat? Yeah, yeah, it's been kind of rumored the last few weeks that's kind of where he wanted to go and kind of felt like it was going to happen at some point, just didn't know when. Um, didn't think it'd come after they just beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. but uh, yeah, Which was strange in itself. That game was weird. <laughs> no, no. The game, but, you know, this is this was expected. It probably will be, I would say, the biggest move that they'll make, but I wouldn't be shocked if they make another minor deal here soon. I, I mean, they're not going to keep Kyle Lowry. I would be I would be shocked if they did. So they'll, they'll probably either buy him out of his contract or flip him for something else. So be some real things. Meanwhile, the Hornets are, I think, eight and 30. 10 and 31 now. They've reached 31. Okay. <laughs> so 10 and, 10 and, and 31. I, 10 and 31. I'm, I'm at 10 31 exchange, man. <laughs> I'm at the point. I'm like, LaMelo, <laughs> you already paid him. LaMelo, Mark Williams, uh, Brandon Miller, everything else. Just, just blow it up. I mean, at this blow point, up, we've done bro. this three, four years now. Like every year has been the same where they just can't get out of their way with injuries and stuff. Use these assets, trade, hey, all of them, just trade, just <laughs> get them all, just trade them all out, and then start fresh with new ownership. Um, yeah, I like, I like Rozier though. I yeah, know. scary, that, that kind of hurts. That, that hurts, man. Yeah, I mean, he's one of their assets. Like they, they're, they're at a point where they got, they just gotta, they're, they're treading water. They're not even treading water. They're drowning. <laughs> like they gotta figure out with what they have. They have a bunch of older guys and a bunch of real young guys. So, and I've said it like, and people may not agree with me because that. A lot of the Hornets fans don't really care for Terry Rozier for whatever reason. I think he's a really good player. He's about as good as you're going to get without being an all-star. And I think he, sh- he could have been a-, a big part of their turnaround because let's face it, like in any sport, you got to have some veterans on your roster because if not, you're, you're just going to drown. And yeah, I mean, they're 10 and 31, but I mean, the whole damn roster has been hurt. So like literally <laughs> it's so incredible to watch. The last time this, this roster was healthy, they went to the playoffs. They were 43 and 39. That was two years ago. This, this roster they lost to the heat, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. No, no, the Hawks, the Hawks. That was the, the uh, that was when, for whatever reason, they had to walk from the hotel to the arena, like 45 yeah. minutes. And, and then that was the last time they were healthy. Yeah, and this got stomped once they arrived at the arena, like like about forty or whatever. Um, but we know why y'all are here. We know why y'all are here. It's because it's the uh, believe in Carol Panthers, and the Dan the Dan Morgan experiment has begun. Um, let's just go uh, to you guys first because I have my own thoughts on it. Uh, Stu, you said uh, your paths didn't cross career wise in terms of playing with each other, but being a part of the organization, you you know Dan. Uh, you've met him before. You, I'm sure you've had conversations with him. What were your thoughts when it was announced yesterday that uh, Dan Morgan's going to be the new uh, general manager? Um, I mean, like a lot of people are going to say what they want to say. You know, it it could have been anyone, and someone's going to have something to say about it. Yeah. Negative, positive, they're going to say it. And so, but what I will say is I respect the decision. I respect it from the stance of, you know, a locker room guy, um, as a fan, um, and, and as a player, you know, this is a guy that I believe that the Panthers hiring Dan, the man, vice president of football operations, um, you know, GM. This is a move that, you know, brings a total, you know, like, you know, I guess it, it really just brings everything to a center. You know, as, as far as like, hey, what are we doing? What do we want to do? You bring in a guy with experience, not just as a player, but a guy that was, you know, if he was healthy, we're talking <laughs> yeah, a monster, right? Awful. I mean, yeah. setting Super Bowl records with tackles. I think it still uh, stands. I think it's still the Super Bowl. Yeah. He, what, he had like 16 tackles against the Philadelphia Eagles uh, or 13. I'm not sure, but he's a monster, right? Like. So not only was he a player, but he was a respected player amongst the amongst the league uh, when he was playing. And then you take him, you take his experience as he has gone into the executive realm of the NFL. And so you take that he has a comprehensive understanding of what he's uh, of, of what the football 
world is supposed to be like, what the locker room is supposed to be like, what an organization is supposed to be like, because he's been there from a player and in an executive role. And he's been around, you know, teams that have built, you know, sustainable um, and legendary programs. I mean, you look at the Legion of Boom, right? Seattle Seahawks. Let's not forget, he's seen that happen. I mean, who knows exactly what, you know, hand he had in, you know, picking that, you know, to where, you know, you have all these guys on your roster, but he was a part of it. He's seen things happen. He's seen things take fold. And then you look at the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are the Buffalo, like, like the wonderful, the wonderful magic of, of Buffalo that everyone in the nation has experienced besides them, you know, beating the Kansas city chiefs. Um, (laughs) We're getting there. Like, like he was a part of that. And so him coming to the Carolina Panthers, we all know the uphill battles that, you know, the GM, the coaching staffs, you know, the organization as a whole has experienced the last, you know, several years, you know, you can, you can argue, you know, the last two years or last three years, we've kind of been in a position of being, you know, up a creek without a paddle. You bring his experience and knowledge to this game and, and picking players. And, you know, I look at the free agency, right? Like if I'm a free agent now, I'm looking at Dan Morgan. And I'm like, oh, this is a guy that understands ball. Yeah. He understands defense. He understands, you know, how to win games. He understands communication. He understands what needs to be in the locker room. Anybody can, you know, determine whether a guy is a fast guy, if he can cover guys in the open field, if they can bully a guy into the quarterback's lane. If you can, you can, anybody can watch film and say, that's a good, that's a good draft pick. We should draft him. That's a good player. We should get him on our squad. But what a lot of people can't do is sense what's needed in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that's what's been missing is, is, is someone to be able to say, hey, that's a great player, and that might be the best player in the draft, but this guy right here, we can utilize this guy. and It might be a fifth-round draft pick. We can, we can, if we can get to this fifth round and we get this guy, I believe in this guy because that's what we're really seeing. You look at the L.A. Rams – you look at you know the running their their starting running back, their leading receiver. These are guys that were taken later in the rounds. These are guys that no one really believed in, but for whatever reason, they have a GM and a coaching staff that says, "Hey, look, uh, hopefully no one takes these guys, but these guys fit what our locker room needs." Um, and so I just feel like he has the experience from different angles to be able to bring something else and bring a different perspective um, that I don't think we've had in a while. And, and quite frankly, you look at the San Francisco 49ers, you know what I'm saying? You look at John Lynch. I mean, he's a legend in his own, but I believe he was able to put together a great winning like culture because he's seen it. He's been a part of it. And you look at Dan, he, you know, 2001, he was part of a team of one in 15. Yep. And he was also a part of a team that went to a Super Bowl. Yep. So he's been through it all and, and, and as a player. And then as an executive, once again, I was, like I was saying before, he's been to the pinnacle in the executive level. So I don't have nothing, nothing bad to say about the hire. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, he's a good guy, you know. And, and and good guys should win. <laughs> uh, Skyler, and before Skyler starts, uh, we're again uh, we are live, and uh, we have the benefit of having Skyler here with us, who's also the beat writer for uh, All Hornets SI, uh, the publisher. And uh, if you don't know, Terry Rozier was just traded to the Miami Heat. I just saw a Woj a Woj bomb come across my my phone while Stu was talking that the Hornets have no plans to buy out uh, Kyle Lowry, and that they're planning to trade him. Uh, elsewhere for for more stuff so that trade's still kind of ongoing but just wanted to throw that tidbit out there while it's hot on the uh on the tweeters um skyler yeah that's like i said i i wouldn't expect him to to be in a hornet jersey for longer he, he may not even put one on they yeah. may not even make the jersey for him no. so, <laughs> 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 but yeah <laughs> but uh 
as far as Dan goes, I'm kind of split, to be honest with you. Like, I'm not – I think the jury's out for me. Um, I like it because I'm just going to echo a lot of what, what Stu just said. Like, he knows what it takes to win here. He's seen what it takes. He knows what doesn't work here. And I think if you want to really turn a really bad roster around, I know a lot of people say, well, why would you pick someone that's in the building? Well – if you really believe in somebody that hasn't really necessarily had the keys to the car, but you believe that they can be the one that can drive this thing to where it needs to go. Well, no one else knows the roster better than Dan Morgan in terms of the guys that they interviewed externally. So that's another, I guess, pro the cons for me are, well, it was a really bad season. It's been a really bad few years and Dan was in the building for those years. He was a part of that process. So how much of a say did he have in those conversations? That's the thing that I want to know that probably many of us want to know. Maybe we'll get to ask if they do an introductory press conference. Um, Because I I want to know how much of a factor did he have in, say, trading Christian McCaffrey or trading off DJ Moore in that trade to go and get Bryce Young or trading up to go get DJ Johnson in the draft or letting Hassan Reddick walk. I can't remember the timeline. That may have been before he got here. I can't remember. but No, um, no. He was here because Morgan's been here for, what, two years? Three years? Two, three years? Around there. So, yeah. yeah, I would assume he was there for that. But yeah. there's obviously there's been a lot of decisions that went wrong. So that's my decision or my, my kind of pros and cons on that. My biggest question for David Tepper is, why the hell would you hire a search firm if you're going to just stick to the guy anyways? Like – did you want to go through this exhaustive search and keep the idea of Dan Morgan around or was it kind of always in place? Like if if Dan was always going to be Scott's successor, then was the search for him really just for the head coach? Like, I don't understand that. Was Dan just being kept to be his yes man? Is that a possibility? Because you look around at some of these guys that they interviewed for the GM job, it's a lot of cap guys, guys that have backgrounds in negotiating and dealing with contracts. So there's been some rumors floating out there about Brant Tillis, who I think I mentioned last week as someone that was maybe a favorite for the job. Are these candidates that interviewed for the job, were they told like, hey, if you come, this is going to be your job? Or is it, hey, you're going to be partnered with Dan? That's where I'm kind of confused on. And hopefully we'll get some, some clarity in the next week or so. But I, I don't know. I'm split on it. I think it's good in a lot of ways, but I have a lot of question marks about it. So um, for me, I re- it, it felt like a couple of days ago, it felt like Morgan had took the lead uh, in the search. Like it just kind of organically felt like he was going to be the guy. Somebody was going to have to come in and really wow him to, to be it. Um, I don't think that – I feel like Fitterer had the keys and and – Dan was just in the back seat, <laughs> but he had no like say in where the car was going. He was just along for the ride and he just had to make sure there was gas in the car pretty much. So I feel like it's still fitter that because some of those choices, it don't feel like Morgan would have been considered if he was a part of those choices, like the ones that have backfired because that's what got fitter fired. So why would you continue to keep the guy that was in the room going? Yeah, that's a great idea, Scott. Let's do that. Like it doesn't seem like something they would do. Um, it does feel like Morgan was put there, and we've talked about this before too, almost like a fail-safe. Like if you look at the way the coaching staff was built last offseason, it almost felt like they had certain people on the staff in case things went wrong, like break in case of emergency. And it feels like now Morgan is kind of the break in case of emergency. If, if Scott's got to go, we've got a guy sitting here. And now I'm sitting there looking at the coaching search, and I'm sitting there thinking, I won't be surprised if we get to this point next week and Ijiro is the, is the head coach. Like it, it, it's kind of heading that way too, doesn't it? Feel like that. It feels like they're kind of keeping everything would, close to the vest. And it goes it. back to what I was saying last week. Like, don't be surprised if a lot of these changes aren't drastic, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, man, like it's not always greener on the other side. You know what I'm saying? So, like what Skyler pointed out, like if you got got like if you're trying to change the organization but still win games next year? The answer is not cleaning house. <laughs> I can tell you that. And that's because if you yeah. cuz if you clean house, you definitely you hitting you hitting 
Control Alt Delete. <laughs> like, let's just go wipe out. It's just a white screen, <laughs> and if you got a white screen, you ain't got really. It's gonna be a black screen. Yeah, but like, if you have that, then now you as a fan, you are gonna be in the same boat. You know what I'm saying? And so you can't just clean house and and expect you know drastic measures of change. I look at the Texans, right? Like. They didn't clean house, right? No. They brought in a they brought in a new head coach, and that was the missing him and Stroud were the missing components. Um, but I think we, at the end of the day, are in a good place with Dan. Um, and I, I like the I like what you said there about you know, you have a sports car, and you have a really nice sports car, just didn't have the right driver. Yeah, and so and so the good thing is you have somebody in the back seat, you know, observing, taking notes. Um, and now it's his time, and now it's his, <laughs> now it's his time to shine, you know, now it's his time to, to drive the car. And here's the here's the kicker though that car is the pace car from 2003, so he already knows the car, like he just he yeah. just wasn't driving it, he was just sitting in it. And that's the thing for me where I'm like, okay, the thing I really like about it. It's the same reason why I like the Frank Reich hire. It's the same reason why I wanted Steve Wilkes. The main thing I have stressed on this show as the, the fan component of the show, I've been more worried as I see changes happening with David Tepper as owner, that the Panthers as an organization were going to lose their identity, that we were going to erase what we were, the whole keep pounding mantra, uh, what we're known to do, that kind of the type of players That's that come through here. <laughs> well, I was worried all that was going to happen. And then you started seeing elements of it a little bit with Matt Rule and then uh, they try to rectify that with bringing in Frank Wright and all that kind of stuff. With Dan, when you say keep pounding, it's one thing to go to the, the, the press conference and say it at the podium and the, you know the reporters love it and the fans eat it up and everything else. But if you weren't here or don't really if you weren't if you don't know what it is, like then it's hard to kind of it's almost like somebody saying, you know, like um North Carolina AT, their thing is their their folks say Aggie Pride, right? And I didn't go to AT. I worked with them. But you won't hear me saying that out in public because it feels weird for me to say. You know what I mean? I didn't go to AT, right. so it's not as authentic. When someone actually played for the Panthers says keep pounding, it's more like when Steve Wilkes said it last year, it meant yeah. more. It, it, it just, yeah, it, you yeah. felt it. And with Morgan, he was in the room when Sam Mills made that speech in 03 before the Cowboys playoff game that started this whole thing. Like he understands what it is. He has the record. I see two different numbers here. One for 18 and one for 25. But Dan Morgan still holds the record for most tackles in a Super Bowl in Super Bowl history against the Patriots, Super Bowl 38. Um, had to retire due to concussions and things of that sort. But if you look at his where he's been and who he's worked for, I mean, we sit here and complain about how some of these other teams uh, are kind of copying what Carolina did. He worked under him. Like, I know the one guy we wish did not get away was uh, the guy that's the general manager for the Bills right now, Brandon Bean, who was the Brandon assistant. Bean. Here, yeah, yeah, he was assistant here for a while. He learned under Brandon Bean for three years. Like and he wanna know there. something too. Brandon Bean was like Carolina Panther through and through. Yeah. And so I mean, he learned from the one of it, he he learned a lot from the yeah. losing seasons yeah. and the winning seasons. <laughs> and, and, and so fast flips too. Like because when yeah. he got here, like you said, they were one in fifteen in two thousand one. By two thousand three, mm-hmm. they were eleven and five and in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like it just it, don't it, take it, long. Yeah. The yeah, impact is, is there. And I, you know, one, of the, one of the things that I just thought about is, you know, what the players experience um, and what the organization experience from having a GM come in and take, you know, take the throne. Um, I, back when David Gettleman um, became our GM, I remember him coming into our team meeting room and he basically, you know, sat up, you know, sat up front stage and 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 just basically told us that we were going to go to a super bowl and that (laughs) and and shared with us you know some stories about you know his time with new york giants and just kind of how everything came to be and certain players on the team and on the roster and and what he looked for as far as you know the locker room guy and you know how to carry yourself and you know how to be you know you know you know, a, a champion um, in that sense. Cause I mean, hearing it from him and especially coming from where we were coming from, you know, 
kind of being good, but not really. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and, yeah. But hearing a you know an actual like Super Bowl champion GM and hearing his mindset, you know that's a shift in itself. You know what I'm saying? Guys can you know look at Dave Gettleman you know with their own perception and whatnot, but my man put together a, a winning roster. And, he did. Yep, he did. And, and so, and he had you know experience of winning so with dan you know looking at his track record like as far as being places and having experiences as a player at the executive realm you have to respect the fact that he he knows what he's doing and he wouldn't be in the position that he is if he didn't and so I'm not an, I'm not a fan of cleaning house, especially with Dan being, you know, the choice. I respect it. And, you know, I think what everybody's expectations are as far as, you know, Carolina Panthers making decisions of putting, you know, putting us back on the map. There's a lot of ways to do it. And this is one of them. Uh, Miss Rain, uh, there's a lot, and appreciate everybody stopping by today. I know everybody was waiting on us to come in uh, on a Tuesday. Miss Rain says, "Is it possible the search firm analyzed all candidates and felt Dan was the best choice for the job?" It's possible. Uh, yeah. I mean, and if you look at it, why wouldn't he be? I mean, of everything we just mentioned, he knows the culture. He's been here three years already. Uh, he knows what the team needs. He just watched the team <laughs> like the rest of us this past year. He knows what the holes are. So, um, and plus, the people he's been with, and I'm sitting here looking at it because I kind of forgot. Uh, until Stu started mentioning it, and I went to go pull it up just to kind of see where he was. So for those that are a little unsure, and I see it in the comment section, there's some that are kind of unsure about it because of the stench of what just happened this past year. Um, he joined the Seahawks as a scouting intern in 2010. He was there till 2017, eventually getting up to director of pro personnel. Um, he was uh, the assistant director and then director of uh, pro personnel side that basically drafted the Legion of Boom and won a Super Bowl following the 2013 season. And if you remember the Legion of Boom, it wasn't all a bunch of first rounders like they yeah. they had a certain type they were looking for at cornerback and at safety or whatever. But a lot of those dudes, Richard Sermon was like a fifth round pick. Cam Chancellor was like a third round pick. Cam Chancellor was a cyborg, by the way. Um, just the way that they went about it. I think Brandon Browner was a first round pick, but they built it throughout the draft, not just first round picks. Uh, he went 2018. He went to Buffalo, director of player personnel. He was underneath general manager Brandon Bean, who used to be the assistant general manager here. Um, for three years, and then he went back to Charlotte 2021 as assistant general manager. So he's been assistant general manager for three years. Um, 2021, I believe that's when Federer got here, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. So he so he's never under Herney, uh, but he's been underneath uh, Federer for those three years. Now, 2021, Matt Rule is still here. So it's still kind of murky in terms of who was making those final decisions. We've assumed, we've been told it was Matt Rule that had final decision on player personnel, whatever, his time here. And then when they hired Frank Wright, that shifted to Scott Fitterer and kind of a committee, Frank Wright and everybody else. Um, I personally love it. I love it. Uh, the more I sit here and think about it, it makes the most sense. I was worried they were going to clear everybody out and try to start something brand new. Again, I wanted somebody that was familiar with Panther culture. It's so important to me that we keep that. It, he's the bridge now. He becomes the bridge from previous Panther regimes to future pre, uh, Panther regimes. And he's also part of that linebacker lineage that uh, Sam Mills to Dan Morgan to John Beeson to Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, Shaq Thompson, who's on the team now. Like he's a part of that lineage and he can actually go into a room and command respect with these players because of that. And the final thing I'll say about him, it feels like they did this because the number one priority for the team going into this offseason is re-signing Brian Burns. And he's been in the room with these negotiations, I would assume, for Brian Burns for the better part of a year. Uh, so the one thing I was saying, maybe they keep fitter because of the Brian Burns situation, and then they didn't. In the back of my head, I'm thinking, well, maybe Dan Morgan's got a shot because he was in there, and he might be able to understand it better being a, def a former defensive player for the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> so, like, maybe well, it shifts a little bit. You hope that he doesn't share the same thoughts as Scott on the Brian Burns situation. Right. And which is why he would be retained. So that, that see, so all of it kind of comes together and now they can shift. I know the number one fear that a lot of Panther fans had was that they were going to hire a coach before they hired the GM. And cause they're, they're interviewing coaches right now. Yeah. And he's been in every single one of them. He's been in every single one of them. So like he's, 
it feels like, and we talked about this before, David Tepper, man, I almost want him to lean into this villain role and not be it. Like almost like <laughs> kind of lean into the heel role. Like if people are going to think you're a heel, just be a heel. You know what I mean? Like if, if everyone's, booing, everyone's booing Hulk Hogan, turn to Hollywood Hogan, man. Like go ahead and do it. <laughs> like, cause I mean, it's not helping anything. NWO. He's damned if he do, damned if he don't. You know, so the, the firm could have been like, Dan Morgan's the best hire. He hires Dan Morgan. Half the fan base is like, what are you doing? Like, we were supposed to clean out house. That's y'all's fault. Y'all assume we were cleaning house. They, they never once said they were cleaning out the whole thing. Yeah. Just starting fresh. We just assumed they were. Right? We wanted them to. And then they didn't. And now we're mad that they didn't do it. <laughs> they didn't tell us they were doing it. <laughs> and it goes back to what we saw with the whole driver thing. And it could be the same thing with the head coach. You may have had the right person in the building, just not in the right role. Right. Right. And it may not be the sexiest thing in the world to hire Azura Vera as your head coach, but it might be the best thing. It may not be the, it may not get the hype and all the hooplas of Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick or Raheem Morse or anything like that. But if the right guy is in your building, there's no need to go look anywhere else. I don't know that answer. None of us do. Let me let me throw these scenarios at you because now that we have the GM and, we'll, and now that we're about halfway through the show, we'll get over to the uh, the playoffs here in just a second. But um, head coach wise, it does it feel like it's turning into Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, zero? Like those are the kind of three, especially with the dude from the Bengals getting picked up yesterday. I'd be shocked if it is. Um, personally, I think this helps more than anybody. Dave Canales in Tampa Bay because he had spent eight years in Seattle with Dan. Seattle. Different positions there. He's a wide receivers coach for a while, and then he became a quarterback's coach and helped with the career resurrections of Geno and Baker. And he helped get the best out of of Russell Wilson in Seattle, too. So you're talking about – that's a that's a that's a heck of a track record right there. So even really on my radar, and probably not on a lot of people's radar until probably the last month or so of the season. Well, shoot, that's within a division too. You know, we we trying to win the division. Smoking the city, man. Tell us everything you know. Every tell us everything you know. (laughs) And Tampa just went on a little run, like. I don't think anybody had that on their bingo card for 2023 NFL season. The Tampa would actually get to the NFL division round and win the South and Baker looked good. And Hell, uh, I Baker, looked, win Baker looked amazing. He did. There was a lot of good quarterback play uh, this week and we'll get oh, to what we saw uh, division weekend. But uh, one final note on the coaching search, I'm hoping by this time next week, when we come back, we've got a coach. Uh, we can kind of yeah, go well, from there, but keep this in mind. They're not allowed to interview the coaches that are in the games in this the week. Games. Yeah. So I, I would not, if they really want to talk to Ben Johnson, or the two Ravens coordinators don't expect it to happen. A hire to happen until next week. Oh, uh, Todd Monken, the offensive coordinator. Todd See, Monken I'm a little nervous about him because I'm like, well, you got Lamar, and Lamar can probably hide a whole lot of warts with your system. So I'm not really sure <laughs> if it's yeah. you or is it Lamar because I saw Lamar do some stuff where I was like, I don't think that was the play. <laughs> Lamar had three touchdowns and 130 yards passing. And was, out there, and, out, and was out there making people look stupid. Yeah, oh, God, people. Like, yeah, he got he got stats that just don't make sense. It's like, huh? How what? Get that game changer. <laughs> like game changer stuff you have never seen before. It's just like it's crazy. <laughs> I was thinking that with Mahomes too. Watching Mahomes in that Bills game, Mahomes throws the ball at the craziest angles. Like oh, he'll yeah. throw it side armed or like like a baseball. And, like and he runs. Mahomes runs a lot more in playoff games. Y'all realize that, right? Yeah. And he when does that on- thing. Actually, you know what? I am a little mad at Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad. Because he started this. Son. He does the thing where he fakes he's going to slide or act like he's going to run out of bounds, and then he runs another 15 yards. You know the defenders are mad. Okay. <laughs> they see him come. Right. They don't know what they're going to do. He'll be like, he'll be tiptoeing down the sideline. That was the one, it was like last year, the like year before, where he was tiptoeing down. I think it was against the Texans. He was tiptoeing down the sideline, and everybody thought he was going to run out, and he just kept running. <laughs> and nobody, everybody's like, what are you doing? And he just kept going and ran into the end zone. It was like, I mean, all you got to do is push him out. You ain't got to tackle Nobody wanted to touch him because he's at home. They were afraid they were going to get a flag. If you're afraid, then you need to go sit on the bench. If you're afraid playing the Chiefs, then, buddy, it's going to be a long day. Um, yeah, but shout out to shout out to Panthers North, y'all. Y'all tried, and you even had them at home. Uh, but like we said on Man, the show, it's we so about hard to talk about these. We about to talk about these games this past week. We about to get into it because uh, we'll get oh, into the real quick, real quick. Yeah, if the Panthers are leaning already, 
towards Canales or Avero, then yeah, you'll probably get a decision this week. But like I said, if they want to talk to Ben or anybody else, then you might as well wait another week. I'm fine with Avero, to be honest. I'm totally fine with Avero. And then just I'm go find go find the next hot shot offensive coordinator. Go get Joe Brady. <laughs> go, go, go call Buffalo. Like hey, Brady, what we not, <laughs> what we what we haven't talked about is the fact that we blame we we've been blaming a lot on you know Tepper and you know coaching staff and and whatnot, but you got to have the right players and the players got to execute. So when it comes down to it, like we got to make sure we we I feel like the GM Dan Morgan has what it takes to find guys that are gonna have grit that are gonna have that dog in them that's going to have the mindset of, oh, we're going to win at all costs. Yeah. I don't care what it is. That Derek Brown mentality. We need it. We need, we need about five, five more Derek Browns at different positions. And yeah, Derek Brown, Derek Brown wide another receiver, tight end, two offensive linemen. Uh, He's like the and just another, <laughs> and just, just another dog at another dog on special teams that just be <laughs> that's just that can play anything. That's hey, it's okay. too familiarity with Derek Brown, familiarity with Frankie Louvu. Like I feel like the the defensive guys that are free agents or about to be free agents or in contract yeah. situations, they might feel a little different now about coming back to Carolina, knowing that Dan Morgan's the GM and he's you know one of the defensive stalwarts of this franchise. He's gonna have their back, so maybe. That helps as well, too, because if they end up going to score one anyway and like Burns leaves, Lubu leaves, uh, Brown don't want to be here. Like if the defense gets decimated, that's called that's sleep, called cleaning house. That's cleaning house. <laughs> yeah. That's when you really like, OK, now we really got to just figure like, OK, <laughs> but you I don't think really want me to get the, the Panthers fans riled up right here. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> I, I saw somebody ask what would happen if Avero gets the job? Who's the O.C.? Well, Started out there. Thomas Brown did coach with. with know, Vera, you know, <laughs> wait, has he interviewed anywhere? I'd have been looking interviewed for the Titans head coaching job. He also interviewed for the Bears OC job. He is under contract. So if with they us. have a good working relationship and Avero trusts them, maybe they stay in Pat there too. I'm not saying it's the best decision. I'm not saying that's what they should do. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mess up. I'm going to tell you why we mess up. I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> but, I don't know if that's going to work, Skyler. But, <laughs> Man's going to deal with it. But there's also Zach Robinson <laughs> who is interviewing for the Steelers OC job and I think somewhere else. He's an up-and-coming guy too. So Zach Robinson would be another name that would probably make sense. It was also on that same staff in L.A. So – Really, the best thing to do if you if you're curious, just start digging into where Avero coached. So, you know that one year he was in Denver, L.A. His ties to Green Bay. Just look at some of the coaches that he's coached with. Um, I don't think that they that he would keep Thomas Brown because I think Thomas would probably want to go somewhere else anyways. But it kind of sounds. I do like know it. that I do know that he's respected amongst the locker room. Thomas Brown. Yeah. He was voted and, one of the top OCs by the players, like yeah. right before the end of the season, which was yeah. shocking. And so. again, he was in a situation where he was up a creek without yeah. a path. Now, if he had a whole offseason with his with his playbook, then maybe yeah. it's a little different. Um just imagine the the out court the outcry of all the fans. If man. all this happens and you change G you fire Scott Fitter, you promote in-house. You fire Frank Reich, you promote in-house, you keep Thomas Brown. That would be the hey, complete man. opposite of the last two times they hired a coach. Like it'd be a completely different, <laughs> a completely different way. So it'd be three different ways he's done this. So you couldn't really say it's same old, same old. Yeah, sometimes keeping it in the house works. Maybe. I mean, I look mean, at the Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers be doing that, don't they? Yeah, and that's where he's from. Then he say he wanted them all this behind Pittsburgh, like what they've done for forty years or fifty. Years. Mike well, Tomlin's coming back. We need to Mike Tomlin. All the people that were saying Mike Tomlin deserves to get man. let go <laughs> when we man. were like he's gonna get hired for everybody years. that has anything bad to say about Mike Tomlin deserves to be slapped in their face. That's right because we knew we knew. Yeah, but tell you we why knew we Mike messed. Tomlin. I'm tell you why we messed. We, even when they were struggling, it's like they're still gonna finish over five hundred. They're still gonna get right. in the playoffs. They ain't got no man, we don't know how. We don't know how. <laughs> we don't know how they find did. out. <laughs> that Tomlin magic. He's gonna Tomlin them to the playoffs, and that's exactly what he did. And uh, shout out to Mike Tomlin. Um, I'm 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 kind of in favor of Bobby Slowett 
over Ben Johnson at this point, just from watching what he did with CJ Stroud. Um, now, granted, he had a whole lot more to work with than he would come in here. And I don't my, know how what their temperaments are, but my concern with them is they can't run the damn ball. Yeah, and I want somebody to understand that you have to run the football, uh, especially in the NFC South. Like you got to run the football. If you if you're the leading rushing team in the NFC South, you're probably the best team <laughs> in the NFC South. You go through all the previous years of the teams that won the division, Falcons, us, Saints, Bucks. If they won it, they probably were the top rushing team that year. So I want a guy that understands the division he's coming into as well. Uh, I'm fine with it. You know what? I'm, here talk about it. I'm fine with it, bro. Like, I'm okay with it. Just And Ben just, Johnson had almost two 1,000-yard rushers this year. Gibbs is a problem. Gibbs is a total problem. Let's, you know what? Let's get into uh, what the things we saw in the divisional round uh, this past weekend that maybe we weren't expecting. Um, Jason Kelsey with the shirt off. Yo, that <laughs> – man, he, he's living life, man. Like, to, to, to have that much fun – at a, uh, uh, can you imagine being in that booth? Jason Kelsey, Taylor Swift, Mama Kelsey in there. Uh, <laughs> White's in there. Like they're just having a ball. Like every, and it's not even. They weren't even Arrowhead. <laughs> they were in a ball. Yeah, they, were, they were treating that like that was a home game. Boy. <laughs> Did you see Kelsey jump out the window? <laughs> yeah. Him, like he jumped out of the booth window into the stairs and was just like, ah, and then jumped back in. Uh, threw yeah. his beer in the booth and jumped back in or whatever. Jason um, Kelsey is a <laughs> national treasure, and he must be protected at all times. Can you can you bet against the Kansas City Chiefs at any time after January? Because it's starting to get a point where it's ridiculous. Like, I feel bad for Buffalo. I am this week, if that's where you want to start. We can start there. That's the big one. Uh, well, there's only two, but that's, that's the big one, big one. Uh, I think Lamar's going to win MVP. Deservedly so, but it's almost like uh, you know, like in the Last Dance, where Jordan would be talking about someone who's like slighted him or whatever, or like his motivation for that particular season. It's almost like '97, where it's like, uh, well, what, what led you into this Baltimore game, Holmes? Uh, Lamar Jackson winning MVP. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's and I was mad. I was mad. I, was mad. I uh, clearly, it's me. Yeah, I didn't like that. So I wanted to go in there and show them what was up. And that's kind of what it feels like it's shaping up as, where it's like, okay, you can win MVP. I'm going to win this. I'm going to win the uh, – the, I was about to say the state championship. I'm going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I will tell you this. The Baltimore Ravens, they they are just – they just really good, man. <laughs> <laughs> they're, just, they're the most complete team. They like, just really complete. Like the way they beat the Texans. They're like, the 2015 Panthers. Look at the they, look at the way they are built. They are the 2015 Carolina Panthers. Like I'm not really sure like what the actual like National Geographic terms of how the Ravens act in the wild. <laughs> but all I can see, all I can picture is Ravens eating like a, a dead, you know, a dead. <laughs> animal on the street in the middle of the middle of those the are house. <laughs> oh, those are vultures? Yeah, vultures are the ones that hang out on the side of the road. But I'm it. pretty sure Ravens be doing the same thing. But the way <laughs> the way they be like going like I, I looked at this game and I think it was Nick uh Collins, the receiver. Yeah. Oh yeah for um, Texas. He caught like an out route and he got hit eight times. <laughs> it wasn't just like he broke a tackle and broke another tackle. It was he got hit eight times as he was going down. Literally, literally the Baltimore Ravens defense acts like they're like hyenas. Maybe that's a better term. Ooh, like, okay, they, I like that. Like they, like they ain't eaten all year. And I'm not really sure what they're doing, you know, in a, in a, a bye week to – to sustain, you know, that ability to just come into a game and just be active the way they were. You can tell on the offensive side, Lamar Jackson, you know, you take a couple weeks off, you're going to have a slow start. That defense did not have any slow, any pause in their step. And the way they performed scares me for the Chiefs. Because if it wasn't for the Buffalo Bills with the foolery of the fake punt and all this nonsense, it really like like the Buffalo Bills game plan was, hey, look, let's run the ball and keep the ball away from the Chiefs. They were want to run scary. Yeah. And yeah. And so if that's your game plan, 
Just stick to it. It's called the patient game. They do. Don't try to don't try to win this game with no trickery or no foolery. And so, but the Chiefs, I mean, if it wasn't for the Chiefs clicking on cylinders as far as those explosive plays, it's a different story, in my opinion. And so how they won against the Buffalo Bills, they're gonna have to bring a lot more heat when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> it feels like um uh Mahomes is gonna have way more pressure on him. Uh oh yeah. Look, you saw the, what happened. You saw what happened with the Texans. Yeah, like, like that they, front, they, that they front four. That front four was not playing. <laughs> and they've been waiting on this too. Like, this is the first time Baltimore's hosted a conference championship since they were the Colts, I think, from my understanding, or ever. I think I don't think they've ever hosted a conference championship. So mm-hmm. um the, so this is this is that's a big one. And then the other one, of course. San Francisco and the Lions. But before we get to that game, we were talking about it off air before we started, Stu, uh, before Skylar came in. San Francisco, Green Bay, I felt like it kind of exposed San Francisco a little bit. Uh, and I don't know if that was so much Green Bay's doing or San Francisco's doing or if it was just Debo being out. Because it feels like if you don't have Debo and Christian McCaffrey on the field at the same time, they're not the same offense. Like you can't do the yeah. same things. And they slipped into what we would do where they just kept feeding McCaffrey. Like, I noticed, like, once Debo went down, it wasn't Kittle, it wasn't Ayuk, it wasn't these other guys. It was just easy for Brock Purdy to be like, oh, there's McCaffrey right there. <laughs> just throw it to him in the next play. Oh, there's McCaffrey over here in the open in the flat. And just keep giving it to him and hand off to McCaffrey. Like, that's literally what they did, and they just kind of held on. Um, Green Bay coming. Green Bay is coming. Uh, yeah. I yeah. think the, they I think the Niners had a slow start. I mean, it's 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 harder for an offense – you take time off to just pick up your pads and your helmet and say, hey, offense, let's go out there and execute. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's easier for a defense to pick up their pads and go and say, hey, let's go out there and hit and tackle. Like, it's a completely different mindset because on the offensive side of the ball, there's timing involved. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of variables that have to go right for an offense to click. On the defensive side, you know, defensive side. I'm not saying that it's easy. It's just a little bit different. Yeah. I think the San Francisco 49ers had a slow start, and Brock Purdy showed that. But when they needed to make plays, they made them. And so that's what good teams do. Um, when when your when your numbers call, when the lights are on, it's time to perform. And so if they can do that. I mean, they lost Debo earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He tried so to come they, back and then he tried to come back, and he, and so they still showed that. Nah, we can still win games without Debo, and we're saying Green Bay, you know, is a solid team. Um, you know, it wasn't like they were beating somebody that was that had no business being there. I think they have. I think they have a, a still a great shot of winning, and you know, Shanahan's going to have to. You know, find ways to, you know, get the balls and you know get the ball in people's hands to, you know, to make up for the loss of Debo if he's not playing. Because I think even if he does play, if it's a shoulder injury, he's going to be playing different. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, he's still unsure um, for uh, Sunday. Last I checked, um, I was going to say, was there any anything that surprised you in the divisional round? Maybe Baltimore beating Houston by as much as they did, but yeah, other than dude, that. I think Baltimore's defense, to me, like getting after the quarterback, they surprised me. It just surprised me how easy that was, um, and just getting in, making it hard for CJ to step up and make plays. Um, and I think that's what's gonna if that carries over to the Chiefs game, that's ultimately gonna be the deciding factor of if they win or not. Um, and for those keeping up, uh, weekly viewers of Believe in Panthers, go subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. We can catch the video uh, each week. We did our division picks last week, and I wrote them down so I could keep us uh, accountable here. Uh, Ravens versus Texans, we picked the Ravens. Uh, Chiefs versus Bills, we actually picked the Bills. Um, <laughs> I did not pick I did not pick the uh, Ravens. We, 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 you didn't pick, no, you picked the Texans. Yeah, you I picked, picked the Texans. Yeah. Um, and then we picked the Bills. I think we did it because they were at home and we didn't trust the Chiefs. We 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 should have known yeah, better. NFC, 
NFC we got right. 49ers, Packers, we picked the 49ers. Lions, Bucks, we picked the Lions. So we did get Lions, 49ers right for the NFC Championship. We had Ravens, Bills for AFC Championship. Although, to be honest, Ravens, Chiefs sounds better because the Chiefs yeah. are defending champs. Like, if Lamar wants to do this, like, if this is the year Lamar breaks through, wins the Super Bowl and everything, you got to, hey, to beat a man, you got to beat the man. Like, you got to. Right. And just left. think about all the naysayers, <laughs> all the naysayers out there during the offseason talking all that junk, right? About Lamar. How no one wanted about to Lamar. Oh, man, right. we don't want – he ain't he ain't worth all that money. Don't pay His mama's him all making the contract for him. His oh, mama's man, he's his crazy. agent. Nah, what's crazy. he doing? Nah, I mean, I even, I even jumped on the ship of, you know, man, this is taking too long. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you just go ahead and sign, brother. I don't want you to miss don't out. Miss out on some money. You gotta get a little something. But and like, now he's having the best like eight months ever. But that's a mindset of somebody that is confident, and like, that's a that that's that's just different, fellas. Yep. Like he People built different. That. People yeah. will follow that. Team teammates yeah. will follow you through a brick wall when you are built like that. When you're wired yeah. that way, when you're just like the alpha. Lamar's the mm-hmm. alpha. I want him to yeah. win. I want him to win this because Dan Orlovsky's been on this kick for like two weeks now when it comes to Lamar, that he has to win a Super Bowl because there is a segment of people who will forever think a person that sounds like Lamar Jackson, looks like Lamar Jackson. You know who needs to win a Super Bowl, Dan? He's not supposed to win a Super Bowl. You know, you know who needs to win a Super Bowl? Who? <laughs> Josh Allen. If Josh Allen could get out of Josh Allen's way. Now, this wasn't his fault. This I can't it wasn't it wasn't his fault, but if he is going to be a playmaker. A, yeah. a, a, a person that goes into the game, the big game, the three big games that they have not won. <laughs> all like, was Mahomes, right? Well, no, one was against Burrow, wasn't it? No, no, all was against no. Mahomes. Yeah, it was yeah. all Mahomes. Three games, three games that they've played and they could not get past the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes. Yep, yep, literally. <laughs> like, literally. Yeah, I'm not going to let us lose. <laughs> I'm not going to let us so, Jordan-like. Like, literally, Jordan would have yeah. some moments where he's like, I'm not letting us lose. I don't care you who it is. To, hey, look, you suck today, but it's okay. Because I'm gonna get <laughs> I you. you. I got your back. I got, I got you. your back. No, you don't, you just you just let Buddy slide, and he he sacked me, and we lost eight yards. But don't worry about it. You know, I got the, you. The one thing, the one thing that stands out for me watching these playoff games is how much time the quarterbacks have to throw after we've watched the Panthers this year. It's like night and day. <laughs> like, tell you what, though, like Baltimore Ravens look the te- made the Texans look like the Panthers this year. Yeah, this, it was all up in that backfield. Boy. Quarterback just they back was, there just bobbing, just just waiting, 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 waiting. Yeah. Boop, hit the guy right there for 15 yards. I'm like, good Lord. I, I don't I remember wish, us being able to do this. <laughs> I really wish Detroit was healthy for this game because if they, if they had Jonah Jackson – and Frank Ragnow, which I think they're both doubtful. I I'd pick the Lions. I'm being 100 percent honest with you. In San Francisco, I would because I I just have that feeling, and I know I said it last week with Buffalo, but I I still have that feeling with Detroit. Like some things just feel right. It feels like yeah. it's their time. It feels like everything's lining up for them. Yeah, I, I feel it, the same way. I felt like that about Buffalo when Jackson and Ragnow are doubtful. If one of them can go, I think Ragnell's more likely to play. If he can play, he's he's arguably the best center in the NFL. If he yeah. plays, you could say the same thing about San Francisco, though. This is their third straight conference championship appearance. Like they've been knocking on the door for three years. Off. If I need to get a, a, a game-winning drive, I don't care how many pieces Brock Purdy has around him. I would trust Jared Goff to make the right decision. Yeah. And I was on Jared Goff early this year. Remember, right around when we played him, I was like, Jared Goff looked good this year. I don't remember him looking like this with LA. Like he looks different. And my main tie, my main tie to this uh, 49ers thing is CMC. I want my boy to be in a Super Bowl. And so, and my, my, my decision, yeah, and Steve Wilkes. And Sam Dalton. Decision, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Sam. Yeah, yeah, and, and Sam. Sam I messed with Sam. Sam Arnold, you know? Yeah. There's some couple in there probably but still. Yeah. In all honesty, <laughs> I just want my boy to to get that that ring, and so, lion, you know, the lions de- definitely deserve it. You know, the city. I mean, I feel like America deserves that. I mean, I feel like lions Detroit. Point. The Detroit Lions might be America's team. Whoa, whoa, hold on, whoa, <laughs> whoa! It ain't the Cowboys. I know it ain't the Cowboys. I'm not willing to adopt the Detroit Lions yet. Like, hey, and Cowboys. The way, but like, it's hard. It's hard. Is it hard to root against them? Who Detroit? Yeah, 
Kinda, yeah. It's like it. All right. So if it's, it's hard, like for, it's, it's it's hard like, for you to root against them, then they got to be America's team. It's like, but they're like the little kid that's always getting bullied. Like, so you don't want to exactly. root against the little kid, but I want to be the bully. I don't think they've been they've been getting bullied, but I think this year the over like the like how they've overcome and like become what they are like that says a lot yeah. about like you know adversity and you know proving people wrong like and and, and the, you know dedication to your craft i mean if you want to talk about america you know what is america built on you know what i'm saying like you you got to work for yours you know what i'm saying you got to come yeah. in every day <laughs> Yo. you got to you got to come in every day and, and and chop wood carry water and so that's like what they've the been doing yeah I mean, I, I like Detroit. I just I'm looking for the sexy pick for the Super Bowl at this point, like between these four. And I don't know if Detroit for me yet. Yeah, I just uh, yeah. I, I want all it, I'm saying is I want CMC CMC to get there, but either way, the NFC is gonna be well supported. Either way, both sides really. Like if Baltimore yeah. gets there, I'm fine well, with this that. is a like, good this is this is great. Either. Yeah. What what would you what's the best? Which one would you want to see the most out of all the combinations in the Super Bowl? That's probably the best question to ask. Because we can make our picks, but at this point, it's kind of a crapshoot. Like whoever gets there is gonna be fine. I want to see CMC <laughs> so and uh, Lamar Jackson. I, I mean, purple, I mean, purple and red just sounds so nice. I think that's the colors of the logo. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the colors of the actual Super Bowl logo this year. Really. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it is. It's like purple and like red or whatever. Be the third straight year that that's lined up. Yeah, really? last year, yeah, last year was green. Oh, you want to know something? My sister in law told me about that. How like the logos for the last four years or so. People like, saying the script so, leaked out. It's and, all yeah. in the script, huh? <laughs> so I kind of want. Ooh, see, see, my problem is I'm a former cowboy fan. So for nah, me to not, want, no, you not. For me, so for me no, to want not. the 49ers to do no, anything like great life, claim like that, it, just, it, it contradicts my whole wiring. Like I hate the 49ers. Like I hate them. I have hated them since I was a little kid. I still yeah. hate. Them. I, I've never been a fan of them. But now they got all these Panthers over there, and it's like I really like Steve Wilkes. He deserves this. Yeah, CMC definitely deserves this. Like yeah. But no, ah. yes, <laughs> yes. I'm not a fan of the Chiefs or the Ravens either. So it's like I've kind of begun to admire Pat Pat Mahomes at this point. He's what age 26. They showed a comparison of him and Tom Brady side by side at this point of their careers because they're already starting the whole as Pat Mahomes as he surpassed Tom Brady yet that kind of thing. And a lot of those categories he has <laughs> like already like with no signs of slowing slowing down. But and what y'all were saying about the Bills and what y'all were saying about. Uh, the Lions. I think the whole year it's been Ravens. The Raven. This is the Ravens' time to break Wyatt. through and to Wyatt. win the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you the key. The key to the Chiefs. Actually, I'm thinking about it. Pacheco. That boy runs. That's hard. the key. He that is so the key element. If they can run the ball, like they ran it, they ran seven. They had seven point seven yards per carry against the Buffalo Bills, and so. If they can run the rock, they got a good chance. But if they can't, which I feel like they won't be able to, because that Baltimore's defense, they just nasty, right? They just playing different. They playing like hyenas. Or they're like, they playing. They playing like a bunch of ants. Like you just step into a fire <laughs> ant hill. Like you step in that. Oh, it's over with. It's over with. Ain't no, if you step in it just for a second, it's over. It's over with. If you want best on best, I think you want Kansas City, San Francisco. But if you want. If you want like the storyline, like somebody mm. finally does something, right? Like Lamar gets a Super Bowl, or Detroit finally gets goes from the depths of hell all oh, the way. Wow, now. that's Baltimore versus Detroit. You can't you can't root for like you can't go against either team. Somebody's like, gonna come out historically like spoken yeah, like a speed. spoken like a true journalist. <laughs> for, me, <laughs> for me personally. I've always been an underdog guy because if you look at like every team that when I was before I got into this business, I was a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates, still am. Like fan of West Virginia. Like I've always been an underdog guy. I've never been a Yankees, the Lakers, you know, Patriots, Cowboys type of person. That's, That's not me. me. I'm yeah. not a fan of West. <laughs> so 
I, I, I feel for the people in Detroit, just like I feel for the people in Buffalo. Those people deserve a Super Bowl. But Detroit has been through hell the last, golly, how many years? Three decades? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no fan base that deserves a Super Bowl more than them. San Francisco, they're going to have their shine. Kansas City's got got more to come. I think Baltimore's going to get back. Detroit's kind of like in this weird little window. How many more good years of Jared Goff are you going to get? Hmm. That's my question. Is this going to be something that he sustains for six to eight more years, or is it just kind of like a two- or three-year window? I, I want to see Detroit get to the top. I want to see MCDC holding that Super Bowl trophy. MCDC. MCDC. And their window, like I always say, the three, four-year window for teams, usually, to me, I count it once they reach the conference championship. So Detroit's window starts now. You've got Ben Johnson that are going to be head coaches very soon. And we saw what happened to the Philadelphia Eagles when they lost both their yeah. offense and defensive coordinators last year. They kind of fell off. Well, they started off 10 and 1. So I don't know what happened, but <laughs> whatever happened, they fell off a cliff halfway through the year. Well, if you just listen to Dan for like 30 seconds, you fall in love with with the, Oh with man, the, I love Dan Campbell. That's what I want. Yeah. I need Come a guy. On, man. Yeah. Just one more down, man. You want to play. Yeah, I want to play right now. <laughs> just thinking about it. That's how you play Smash Mouth football, man. <laughs> you just whooped the hell out of us. <laughs> is that what he said to Coach Wilkes at the yeah, end of the game yeah. last year? <laughs> I feel like he's going to drop and just do 20 push-ups like, at any time. <laughs> just like, hold on, man. Oh, I'm get these out. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of good storylines going to the conference championship uh, Sunday, one of the best Sundays in sports. AFC championship is 3 o'clock p.m. on Fox. It is the uh, Detroit line. No, excuse me. Uh, the Baltimore. Excuse me. I got it all messed up. AFC championship, CBS. Uh, Baltimore Ravens taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Baltimore's hosting. It's a 3 o'clock kick. Uh, and then at 6.30, the NFC Championship, San Francisco 49ers, Tampa Bay Buck. Or no, I'm reading it wrong. Uh, San Francisco, Detroit, excuse me, on Fox and Fox Deportes. Um, so you can watch all that there. Super Bowl, do they still do the – where they skip a week and then do Super Bowl? Uh, they do like the Pro Bowl games or whatever in between. And I'm glad they're doing Pro Bowl no more. Like, when was the last time you watched the Pro Bowl? Like all the way, <laughs> like all the way through. It, Maybe like two thousand five. There was one where like it got kind of tested towards the, the end. Good. Yeah, that's like they started really tackling and stuff. Like I watched it the year the last year I watched it was when Mike Tobit was in there. So I've been like 20, 2015, 2016? I think somewhere in there. Fourteen. But like it turned into like flag football. I know they do flag football now, if I'm not mistaken. They do flag football and skills challenge and all that stuff. You know what they need to bring back? You remember when you was a kid and they used to do the uh NFL fastest man on uh ABC yeah. Wild World Sport and Daryl Green was always the dude like every year, like like who could challenge Daryl Green? He was like the fastest dude for like 13 years or whatever. They need to bring that back. I want to know who's the fastest man in the NFL. Is it Tyreek Hill? They don't do that because then yeah. guys might get injured. Yeah, you don't want no guys pulling hammies before they go into the off-season training. Daryl Green would kill it every year. It'd be Daryl Green versus somebody, and then like everybody always wanted to be Daryl Green versus like Bo Jacks or something. Bo would never show up, so it'd be Daryl versus whoever, and Daryl would just smoke him at the very end. And Daryl Green be that was how the announcers would announce him throughout the season, the fastest man in the NFL. We know who would win. We know who would win that. Is it Tyree Cook? Absolutely. I'm trying to think if there's somebody because the dude Gibbs, the running back for Detroit, he's pretty fast. Um fast, but he ain't Tyreek. Not Tyreek got that pull away, that roadrunner speed, I guess. Um yeah, he got that, he got that. <laughs> <laughs> dude, is there uh <laughs> so are we gonna make are we gonna make a, a Super Bowl pick together as believing Panthers, like we did for the division? So like uh, yeah, we'll do that next week. Yeah, let's see who's in it, and then we'll just kind of pick who's going to win it because we'll have two weeks at that point. So we're going to stop it right here. Um, all the good stuff. Subscribe. All the major podcast platforms for the audio version of this through the Believe Podcast Network. For the video version of this, you can go to youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Follow us on our social media. We're getting a little bit more active there. Um, Believe in Carolina Panthers on Instagram. Believe in Panthers on Twitter. Uh, and the – where else are we? That's it. Yeah. Get to those. Uh, follow those uh, for the latest. Um, anything else? Well, shout out to Dan, you know, Dan Morgan, you know, for. We're with you, man. Get, getting the GM job. 
Best um, of luck. Best, best of luck. <laughs> and you got your support here at the Believe in Panthers. Um, so, yeah, man. Good luck. How do you believe? We believe him. We, be, we believe in you, Let's Dan. Let's go, Dan. Help Dan us. the man. Help, come help us, Dan. Help us, man. <laughs> come help us win some games, man. Come, Please, please come help us. Uh, so hopefully we'll, maybe we'll have a coach by this time next week. Um, depending on what happens. So yeah, we'll see. But uh, for uh, Jonathan Stewart, Skylar Callahan, this is Desmond Johnson. You've been watching and listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast here on Believe Podcast Networks, brought to you by Bet Online. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.